0: I remember being seven years old and walking down the sidewalks of my neighborhood, tiny little key in hand. I was on a mission from my mother. I was heading down to our post office box. I was going to check the mail. When I walk in and I see the big bulletin board filled with advertisements, and I was elated when I saw an ad for someone looking for a dog walker. You know what the payout was? One buck every time you walk this dog, and my little seven-year-old heart could hardly contain it. My excitement was huge because I realized I could make my own money. So I ripped that number off the wall, and I start walking home, and I declare to mom and dad, guess what, I got a job. Can you believe it? Here's what you got to know about me, though. I hate animals. Like, hate them. Like, don't throw stones at me, I know. You can love your animals. It's not my thing. And here's the, the real talk. I'm actually deathly, was, I'm growing, but deathly afraid of dogs. So when I signed up to walk this dog, you can just see the, the, you know, fear inside of me. But what I realized is that my financial freedom couldn't, like, this couldn't keep me from experiencing financial freedom. And my fear of dogs. So with boldness, I go into the house every day, and you guys, it's not boldness, it's fear and trepidation, literally shaking. I would go into the home, and I'd get the leash, and I'm like, okay, just get the leash on there, we're just going to go. It was horrible. Like, I literally hated every moment of it. It was terrible. Never want to do that again, never did that again. <laughs> In retrospect, though, what I realized is that my fear of dogs was even less than my fear of lack. I was so afraid I wouldn't have money, I wouldn't have what I need, that I couldn't let it keep me. I mean, I ended up doing something I thought I would never do because I was so worried I wouldn't have my needs met. And if you know any part of my story, you know that's because oftentimes it was a struggle to get basic needs met. I grew up in a very uh, poor family. Uh, When my parents divorced, my mom was raising me and my four siblings on um, her disability check because she had a chronic disease and uh, her child support check. And just to say it, you know, we didn't really have a lot. We lived on food stamps. I lived most of my life in trailer parks and Section 8 housing. And I was constantly worried about money. And it wasn't just like, Oh gosh, so there's this one time I wasn't sure if my bill was gonna get paid. This was like the month to month to month. And some of you know this weight. You know this part. This part that says, Are we gonna make it? Are we gonna survive? You know the pain of financial worry and financial struggle. And what I want you to know today is God is in it with you. And He has a really good plan for finances. What I want you to know today is that I've been without and I've been with plenty, and the Father wants to show you how to live with a kingdom perspective on money. I believe he has a revelation for you today that's going to change your life, and that's why I'm so privileged to continue this series on fresh, because today we're talking about fresh finances, and we're going to look into the good word to see what God has to say about it. Amen? Amen. So let's pray and we'll dive in. Father, thank you so much for this amazing uh, family, this family that you invite us into, the family that you come every week and you instruct us in your good kingdom ways. And Father, I just thank you that this is an invitation. It's not a place to shame us. It's not a place to um, say you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong. It's an invitation to freedom. And so we welcome you today to turn any fear we have around money into faith. God, we thank you that you're an amazing teacher, and we just welcome you to be here with us in this place. Amen. Well, good news, and this is fun fact for you and me, stewardship affects 100% of the population. Now, let that sink in. Really, truly, stewardship affects 100% of the population. That means every single person hearing this message will have something to learn today because all of us have to handle money or resources, and that means whether you have very little in your bank account or more than you could ever need, we all have to figure out how to handle money and how to deal with it, and this is the part where people start wiggling in their seats, and you start avoiding me with your eyes. I can see you, by the way. Except you online. I can't see you. You can turn away, um, but this is the part where we get real nervous. you are like, oh, great, talking about church and money in the church. This is my favorite thing, and I understand, and so like, just everybody can take the deep breath. We do this when we talk about money, deep breath. This is not to shame you, it's not to hurt you, it's to free you. Really, I've lived this. I care so much about this topic because I've seen the faithfulness of God. And here's some good news. Jesus, King Jesus, talked about money more than he talked about heaven and hell combined. So when people don't like that we talk about it in the church, I'm like, but Jesus did. I mean, he did talk about the kingdom of God more than that. But either way, he talked about money a lot. In fact, 11 of his 39 parables had to do with finances. And I believe this is so near and dear to the heart of Jesus because he knew we would desperately need wisdom when it comes to how to handle money. A lot of us simply just don't know. We just don't have the tools we haven't been taught. But he wants to teach us today. He wants to show us his good plan. Uh, In the parable of the unjust steward, Jesus actually says that managing money is the least of our responsibilities, It's like the most basic thing. It is the place we start at if we ever want to see him move in other ways spiritually in our lives. It's the place we begin. And so we're actually going to open the text here in Luke 16, and I got excited thinking I could read this. I tried. It didn't work. It's too small. So I'm going to read off the screen if that's okay with you today. Um, Luke 16, this is what the parable says. It says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in larger ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy with worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Now, Jesus isn't saying that money is like this little thing. It's like no big deal. He's saying it's actually the most basic of our responsibilities. It's like the place we start at if we want to see breakthrough in other areas. So uh, imagine your teenager, they, they say to you like, oh my gosh, mom, where's my cell phone? I want a cell phone. I want a cell phone. Buy me a cell phone. I'm ready. And you say to the said teenager, but you, you're not even getting Dressed by yourself in the morning. Like, wouldn't that be weird if the teenager was still struggling and needing help to get dressed? Why on earth would you give them a cell phone? Same principle applies. You're asking for kingdom breakthrough. You're asking for spiritual responsibility. And the father says, Oh, but are you getting dressed by yourself? It's it's this issue of like, oh, but have you started at the very simplest place, the most basic part? And again, this is not not a shame, a condemnation, this is an invitation, I promise. And I know it can feel heavy and weighty sometimes to talk about money, but God has a really good plan. He wants to join you. It's a partnership with him. Okay, so when we understand that this is the place we start, we actually begin to see breakthrough in other areas. And some of us have been so focused, actually. And I actually believe, like, praying for these other things, you're like, I really want to see breakthrough. I want to see breakthrough here. I believe the Father is saying the invitation is start at the beginning. He's saying today, start figure the finance thing out, and you're going to see this other stuff fall into place. So it's just a good promise of what's to come. But our attitude towards money and the way that we manage our finances is actually the foundation that sets the stage for all these other areas of spiritual breakthrough. And I know that kind of sounds crazy. You're like, money isn't spiritual. Oh, it so is. It's so supernatural. Here's why. The way we manage our money actually reveals a deeper spiritual issue of trust. Everybody say trust. A little louder. Thank you. Good morning and if you're online, you can drop it in the chat because I can't hear you. Trust, that's what it reveals. Here's the question that we answer. Well, there's two questions. Actually, I love to use this coin as a a reminder because I'm a visual learner. It answers two questions. One, do I trust God? And two, can God trust me? Everybody say trust. Okay. I think many of us would say, oh, of course we trust God, of course we trust him with our money, of course we trust that his word is true, but I think sometimes we declare trust in him without actually understanding the rules of engagement. Right? So we say, yeah, I trust you, Lord, with my money, absolutely, but I don't follow your instructions about it. And then I wonder, wait, why am I struggling financially? I declare I trust you, Lord. Well, again, I think we just don't have the full picture. You guys ever do those trust falls when you were a kid? You know, you stand up and you they say, Close your eyes, trust me, and you fall. Watch this clip. Fall, and we're just, it'll be an exercise in building trust uh, between one another. So, Harrison, if you don't mind going first, uh, step up here on this chair and close your eyes. All right, and then everybody fill in, and we're gonna ask you to fall, and then they will catch you. So, you have to trust us. So I'm gonna count to three, just relax and fall, okay? One, two, three. No, no way! No, no, no! Whoops. You know, trust falls only work when you understand the instructions. They do, okay? The parallels are the same with our finances. I'm telling you, we think we know what we're doing. We're saying, of course I trust you, God, and then we're falling flat on our face financially because we don't actually understand the rules of the game. We don't actually understand his good plan. But good news, I'm gonna share it with you today, so get excited, you're gonna have all the instructions. Here's the first thing to know before we even talk about the money part. This is the important thing. God owns everything and we are the stewards. God is the owner, we are the stewards. We read this in Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. That means everything you think you own, your home, your car, your bank account, your business, like you think you're the owner, real talk. It's not yours, it all belongs to the Lord. And this revelation, understanding this, is not to hurt you or say, oh, you haven't worked hard or you haven't done it, it's to actually free you. Because here's the deal, there is actually a weight of responsibility that comes on you when you are the owner of something, right? There's a weight, and it's actually a weight that we were never designed to carry. What do I mean? Just uh, a couple weeks ago, we had the privilege of going on a family vacation with my extended family. We all went to Florida and we rented an Airbnb. You guys do this before, where you hop on the app and you rent the house and somebody else owns it, you borrow the house for the week, you pay them rent. So we get there and we walk in, of course, it's ooze and oz. it's like, look at this beautiful big house, and I get to stay here for a week, it's amazing, so exciting, except till we come to put the groceries away, because you've got to buy groceries for the big week. So we go to open the fridge, and we open it, and we're like, that's not right. Warm, not cold at all, and I'm immediately annoyed, because I've got all these groceries to put away, I'm frustrated, but do I care about how it's getting fixed or worry about the bill that's going to happen? Not in a little bit, why? I'm the steward. Somebody else owns it, so what do I do? Get on my cell phone, I start texting the lady. I'm like, hey lady, your fridge is broken. Also, you didn't, you didn't remember the coffee maker and we need the coffee maker because I can't survive vacation without coffee every day. Please bring the coffee maker. She as the owner carried a weight of responsibility to make sure it was done right. When we think about this in our everyday life, specifically with finances, again, we are declaring God is the owner He carries the weight of responsibility, and we are the stewards. Now, he wants us to steward really well what he's entrusted to us. So like with this Airbnb house this week, I wasn't going to trash the place. I wasn't going to treat it like garbage. I want to honor well what I've been given and and realize this belongs to someone else. I want to take good care of it. But the weight of ownership doesn't fall on me. And this is so important because it actually changes how we view what we have. When we understand that we are the stewards and not the owner, everything is already the Lord's. You guys, it's a privilege to partner with the Lord with money. It is a gift to say, Holy Spirit, how do you want to invest your money this week? How do you want to do this? It is so much fun. So we have to start there. We have to understand we are stewards, not owners, and we get to walk in a lot less pressure, which is amazing. But God's financial plan has two key components, and they have to work together. I always say it's like two sides of the same coin, right? Both sides have to work together. The first principle is this. We are called to give generously, this answers the question, can I trust God? And we're going to talk in detail about this today. The second side of the coin, again, it's both sides working together, is can, how am I investing intentionally? And this is like, I mean, fancy words for how are you spending your money? How are you spending? And do you know what this answers? The question is, can God trust me? So can God trust me to spend wisely and steward well? And I want nothing more than to talk forever about this topic, but I can't because they only give me 30 minutes. Um, so instead, I'm going to tell you to hop on our website and check out Kingdom Finance. My husband and I and the team, we wrote this whole course to help you on your journey financially. It's called Kingdom Finance. It's totally free. It's offered online. I know it's sometimes hard. To, we want to be more private about money. You can do this in the... In the in your own home and journey through it. Let us help you if you have questions, but it's our gift to you because we really want you to understand this part specifically about budgeting and getting out of debt and all those good things. And that is a great resource for you today. But back to the first part. We are called to give generously. This is where we start. We know that God's good plan starts with trusting the Father with our resources. Everybody say, trust. Trust. And it answers that question can I trust God? Can I trust God? So we live out our trust for God when we are generous with what we have. And specifically, we live out this generosity when we understand the principle of giving our tithe. We talk about tithing a lot here. Not to bore you, not to any of us. It literally, I truly believe this. Your life will be changed through this biblical principle of tithing. Tithing, that word, that little word actually means one tenth. And what it says is that when we give our tithe to Lord to the Lord, what we are giving him is the first ten percent of our income. And we give it back to God through the local church. Why is it that we're giving back to God? It's already his. Right? It's already his. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And so we are simply returning to him what already belongs to him. And I find it interesting that the Lord invites us to give the first 10% and not the last 10%. You know, you ever get through your week or your your month and you've done all your spending and you're like, well, hot dog, I got a little left. I guess I'll throw some at the Lord. That's nice. I mean, it's, it's kind to think of him. It's a gift. We would always say anything given to the Lord is a gift. But the part that comes with the blessing, the tithe, is the first 10% I didn't make it up it's filled its is filled with it the first 10% of our income given back to God through the local church now here's the thing it's an act of faith why because you're giving the first 10% and not the last you're giving the first 10% in an act of faith declaring God I, I'm not totally sure how this is gonna work out I don't know what's coming down the pipeline like you do but you're the owner And I'm honoring you by giving you the first 10% of the income back to you through the local church. And what happens is incredible things happen incredible things the promises of provision are all over scripture they're everywhere and I, I don't have time to to talk about them all today but i do want to talk first about this principle of the first fruits because you read through this a lot a lot in the old testament but the principle of the first fruits is um that that first 10 percent is what we are to give to the lord that first 10 percent and i've got a couple references for you deuteronomy proverbs leviticus ezekiel you can write them all down i think i have a slide they're there Um, You you guys can look at those because I want you to look at this, but I want to talk specifically about the Romans 11 verse, which is not listed. I'm going to pull it up for you. It says this, "If if the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. When we tithe, we are actually like activating this principle in our life. We are giving the first fruits back to God. And not only is the gift given to the Lord, what happens is a supernatural transaction and the rest of the money becomes blessed. The first part is holy, and then the last, the the 90%, the leftover, actually becomes holy. It becomes a set-aside gift for the Lord. I don't know if you've tithed. You've seen this in action. You've seen, like, I don't understand, actually, how I gave this first part, which was not really what I, I had intended to give, and it wasn't what I had, but somehow everything came through. Everything got paid. Every bill was paid. That's the supernatural part, right? We think it's a natural transaction, but it's actually a supernatural one. And he's not actually after your money. He wants your whole heart. I just want you to know this. The earth is the Lord and everything in it. You know that God doesn't need anything. He's not looking for you to pay some spiritual bill. He's not looking for you to pay church bills. I want to be very clear about this. We never talk about tithing because we think it's the only way that God will provide for the church. Absolutely not. We do believe it is God's good plan for the church to change the world. But we have never missed a bill in this place. My faith for this church is even bigger than faith for my personal finances because I've seen it over and over and over and over. He is faithful. When we talk about giving, it is because it is best for your life. He wants you to see the promise of provision. And actually, what I love in, um, when we talk about this principle of the first fruits, do you know the Hebrew word for this is actually bikram? And that word itself, when you give the first fruits, when you give that first 10%, the bikram, it it means the promise to come. Isn't that kind of cool? It means the promise to come. It means when I give that first 10%, I am activating my faith, saying, God, you will be faithful. The promise to come, I see it. So what is the promise of provision? Again, you guys, there's so many scriptures, and I wish they gave me way more time than this. But I'm gonna share my most favorite scripture. The promise of provision here in 2 Corinthians. Chapter nine, it starts this way. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. And actually, before I go on, I just have to address this. Anytime we talk about money in the church, the enemy loves to address issues of fear, shame, condemnation. All of this is kind of seeped in from every corner. This is how the enemy attacks. But what I also want you to to, to understand, you should never be manipulated into giving money. This is not kingdom. I today hear my heart. This is not to. Get rich quick. This isn't so the church gets something. It's not motivated that way. I've seen this in my own life. I've seen the faithfulness of the Father. And the heartbeat is that you would learn how to trust God. So everybody say trust. 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 It is all about trust. Are we trusting the Lord with our finances? Because when we do, breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. It's not just about that 10%. It's about your whole life, okay? So don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Here's the promise. God will generously provide all you need. This does not say you will be a millionaire. So just, like, get that out of there. That's actually not the goal. That's not the heart. Everything you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. And here's what you have to know. Kingdom provision in your life should also be kingdom provision for others. It's not just about you. It's great when you get to walk in the freedom, but it's actually you become this vessel, this this like sieve that God uses to actually change the world. Because again, it's all his and how much fun to say, Holy Spirit, how do you want to spend your money today? What a gift to trust the Lord. And I also find it interesting that God doesn't ask us for a dollar amount, but he asks us for a percentage. Do you know why? We all sit in different seats. We all have different incomes. We all have different callings and things that the Lord is asking for, and so he doesn't ask for a dollar amount, he asks for the first percent. Now, there was a time in my life, real talk, really, really, truly, when I thought my giving didn't matter. I told you guys, I I grew up with nothing, but I did understand the principle of tithing. I knew how important it was. I found myself down here at the University of Illinois my freshman year of college, first person in my family to ever go to college, so excited, but I knew I was on my own, man. I knew it was just gonna be me. I had to pay for my books, my, my tuition, my uh, gas for my car to get to and from my job, late-night pizza, I mean, that gets expensive, right? And I, I found myself about six months into school going, man, this is expensive. Man, I really just don't have what I need. I'm pretty broke. So I was attending this church. This is my home church. And I, I had this conversation with the Lord, monologue, let's be real. And I said, Lord, Leah, here, remember me, right? Uh, you know I don't have very much money. In fact, you know I make six dollars an hour at the bookstore, and you know I got bills to pay. And you don't need this chump change. Really, it's like hardly anything. I'm gonna stop tithing. End of conversation. <laughs> don't do that, by the way. It's just just don't do that. Very confident, 18-year-old is what I was for six months. I was broke. You guys. You, you ever get to that place where you're like, if one more thing hits the van, if one more thing doesn't work, if I get one more medical bill, if one more thing goes wrong, I just I can't do it. And I'm thrilled if you've never been there, but I've been there. It's painful, and it's desperate. And it's like I was sitting in this church. Actually, we used to gather where the kingdom kids are now. I was in the pews, and I'll never forget this day. It was just a regular day. We didn't even talk about giving. There was nothing like that. But I had this conversation with the Lord. I'm like, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. I am desperate. I need some help. I need some breakthrough. Why aren't you helping me? And this is what I heard clear as day. And it wasn't an audible voice. It was in my heart, in my mind. I heard, Leah, do you trust me? Everyone say trust. Do you trust me? I said, of course I trust you. Like getting snarky with the Lord. Of course I trust you. You're God. Hello, and I got nothing, so whatever. He's like, no, 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 you're not trusting me. You're not tithing. You guys, not the answer I wanted, by the way, nor did it make sense in my rational mind. Again, I had to remind the Lord, I make $6 an hour. My tithe means nothing. He said, you're not trusting me. You guys, again, it is an act of faith. It has nothing to do with your money and everything to do with your heart. And so I said to the Lord that day, God, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I reach into my purse. I pull out my checkbook. That's how long ago it was. We wrote checks. Some of you have never <laughs> written a check. I can see it in your face. It's embarrassing for me. I write my check to the Lord. I apologize. I declare in faith, and I put it in the, in the bucket. The next day, I get up, and I go to work. Or well, first, I go to class. I go to class in the mornings. I end up at the bookstore in the afternoon, normal day. I work in the afternoons and the evenings. get a phone call from my dad. He calls me at work. He's like, hey, sis, just want you to know. Looked at your van. I used to drive a van. Before it was cool. Because moms that drive minivans are cool. <laughs> and he, he's like, you need four new tires on your van. I'm like, that's not good news. And he said, and it's going to be $300. I said, that's even worse. I'm so mad. I hang up the phone again. How am I going to pay this bill? Literally, this is the next day. I'm so mad at the Lord. I'm at work, so I have to pretend that I, I'm happy. You know, I welcome the Family Christian Storyers. <laughs> I was so mad internally. I tell the Lord, I don't know what's happening here, but I trusted you and I gave to you and so you have a bill to pay. I can't wait to see how you're going to do this. Really, very confident. He says, test me in this and see if I won't be faithful. It's in Malachi. Go read it. Test me in this and see if I won't be faithful. So I'm standing there. Guy walks in, older gentleman. He's uh, wearing these bib overalls, a little farmer hat. He doesn't shop like the regular people. They come in and they shop. He doesn't. He walks straight up to the desk. I'll never forget this moment. Because he looks at me and he extends his hand like this and he goes, The Lord told me to give this to you. And he shakes my hand and he walks out the door. You guys, I'm eighteen. I look down, pile of money, and I'm crying. And I walk to the back and I count it, and of course it's exactly three hundred dollars. Because God loves me. He loves me. He deserves to be celebrated. You guys, there's nothing he cannot do. There's no bill he cannot pay. I have seen him provide. You guys, I wrote letters to Carl. Bills were absolved. Like, I have seen, sometimes God provides in the form of a bill that will never be in your life. You don't even know the ways he wants to provide for you. But what I'm telling you, this this principle will change your life. Again, it has very little to do with your money and everything to do with your heart. And he's gonna meet you right, right where you're at. Now, I wanna say, I have never had money walk into my workplace any other time, so that's unfortunate, but I keep praying for it because it was kind of nice. But you know, on the flip side, he might be using you to walk into someone else's workplace. He might be using you as someone to sow into the kingdom that's going to change a life. It changed my whole life. The trajectory of my entire life changed in that moment. Maybe you want to partner with him. And maybe you're here today and you're like, tithing, great, I've never even heard of this concept before. Or actually... (laughs) I I truly believe there are some of you who believe you have trusted God with money. You think that you are tithing, but you've never actually looked at the numbers. It is impossible to tithe without sitting down and looking at the notes. And I know this is like, this is the part we hate. Real talk, I just pulled up, I just, I was looking in a bin of memories and I found my uh, transcript from the U of I. Math, not good for me. I just wanna be very clear, I'm not good at math. So this isn't like, I understand the numbers. I really don't. But. I do understand the concept and the principle. And I felt like the father said he wants to do a little refresher with the numbers. And so I just have this fictitious example for you today, numbers I pulled out of nowhere, to help you understand what it looks like to tithe. Because again, it is, it's, a, it's a very black and white concept. Say this year you brought in $33,000. That's your income. Perhaps you're married and your spouse may be brought in 4, or $42,000. Then it's 2020, 2021, stimulus check hits. Awesome, free money, hot dog. I don't know who's paying for it, but that's okay. Second stimulus check hits, another, yay, money. This is all income to your account. The biblical principle is the first 10% of our income, income, maybe you received an inheritance, maybe you sold some stock, maybe you sold a vehicle, whatever, whatever income you had, it's the first 10% of your income back to God through the local church. In this example, it would be, Uh, $7,760 a year or $646.67. Now first, I just want to say I know it can feel overwhelming if you're new to giving to the Lord. It is a partnership. He's not asking you to do something on your own. He's going to show you ways that you can steward really well. People that are the biggest givers are the best stewards. They They can give so much because they've stewarded so well and the Father wants to help you do that part, the steward part. And we can help you. Again, that's kingdom finance. That's any other way we can help you do that. But the giving to the Lord is what unlocks the blessing. The tithe is what comes with the provision. It's really important that we understand the giving. We trust the Lord with our money. So this is how we give to the Lord. This is, these are the numbers. And I think the Father is saying, this is your action step, go home and look at your numbers. See what your income was. You'd be shocked. And it's not, I, I mean, I get it. A lot of people don't know what they make. You don't know what you bring in. You cannot give 10% when you don't know what that is. So it's just an invitation from the Father to learn. And I think some of you might say, well, Leah, let me tell you, this is all well and good, but I don't bring that home. I pay my taxes. That's good. Actually, Jesus has something to say about this. Isn't this good? He's so wise. He gives us so much provision. He actually talks about giving, and people love to say, like, tithing is Old Testament. You shouldn't talk about uh-uh. Principles are all over, but he actually, Jesus says in Matthew 23, 23, he says, yes, you should tithe. Just go look it up. It's in there. He also talks about loving justice and mercy and other important things. But he said, yes, you should tithe. But he specifically addresses this issue of taxes, our favorite thing to talk about. And this is, this is the Pharisees he's talking to. So these are the religious leaders. They love to trap Jesus. They love to get him stuck in a, in a pit and to see him get his way out of it, but he's so smart and he puts him in their place. Let's read this in Mark 12. First of all, hear the sarcasm just dripping from this. That's what I hear when I read this. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You are impartial and don't play favorites. Like they're buttering him up. They're doing, I just hate it. Ugh. All right. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us this. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or shouldn't we? Jesus saw through their hypocrisy and said, why are you trying to trap me? Show me a Roman coin and I'll tell you. When they handed it to him, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesars, they replied, well then, Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. That means pay your taxes. It's the right thing. Take care of the world. Do it. But give to God what is God's. And we've already established we don't give to God from what is left over. We don't give to him at the end of the month when we think, "Hey, oh look, I got a little something something for the Lord. We give to the Lord the first 10% before we pay the taxes, before we pay the bills, before we save for the future. The invitation is to give to the Lord the first 10%. That's what unlocks the provision blessing. And I know this can be weighty, I know it's hard. I know this is the part you're like, oh, but I gotta change what I'm doing. Yes. But it's an invitation to freedom. And I'm just telling you, you will see incredible things People who understand this and have a revelation of tithing will never go back. You'll never go back. Because it's not about the money, it's about the heart. And you see God provide in ways you couldn't have ever even imagined. And God wants to partner with you. He never said you got to do this on your own. You guys, he didn't leave me at 18 and say, well, good luck, kid. Figure it out. He said, I'm going to partner with you every step of the way. And here's the hard part. Sometimes it's going to mean sacrificing things we don't want to give up. But ultimately, you know what? We're looking for happiness in stuff. And you're not gonna get what you need. We're looking for happiness in the fast food meal. We're looking for happiness in things. And the Father's saying, whoa, 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 you're never gonna find it there. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? I wanna share with you a story. I was actually Talking to a friend of mine this week who goes to this church, and I, she was like, Oh, what's going on? I'm like, Oh, I get to teach on giving. It's like my favorite thing because I think it'll change everyone's life, really, truly. She's like, Oh, man. You know, we never knew about tithing before we started coming to the vineyard. I was like, Oh, great. So they've been here about two and a half years um, her two kids, her, her husband. She's like, Yeah, I mean, I had lived generously. Like, she's a generous person, but she had not understood the concept of tithing. She didn't understand God's good instructions, right? And so we were talking about it, she goes, yeah, but ever since uh, we learned about it, we started giving. And I just want to tell you, our lives have been radically changed, radically changed. I want to read to you um, what she said here. She said, you know, you were talking about the year 2020. That was fun, right? 2020, fun year, especially financially for a lot of people, huh? This was what she said. She said, look, my husband and I have both been small business owners for a majority of our marriage. When the pandemic hit and our two businesses were deemed non-essential, therefore forced to close for nearly three months, we found ourselves in a special, special situation of fear, panic, and doubt. Right? This is how the enemy comes in. Always fear, always doubt. During our time out of work with essentially zero family income, we made the decision to continue tithing. Every donation we received, every product or gift card we sold, we tithed faithfully. Why? It wasn't about the money. It's about trust. She said, by the grace of God, our two small businesses survived the biggest financial hit we could have ever imagined. Both businesses are currently thriving. This is the promise, thriving. We were also able to buy our first home in March of this year, something we thought was several years out of reach. Trusting the Lord with our finances was one of the greatest decisions we've ever made. Would you stand with me? Because I I want you to understand the invitation that Jesus is putting out there today. It is not an invitation to pay some church bill. It is not an invitation to, to do just this very natural act. It is an invitation to trusting him fully. And it's such a beautiful declaration and act of faith when we get to give back to God what Scripture tells us is already His. And so we talk about this every week. I will never stop talking about this because my life has been so changed. Your lives have been changed. You've been sending me your stories of God's provision. I know He's been faithful. And I think today there's an invitation to remember the faithfulness of God and then to sit down and really just say, Okay, God, like, am, am I giving to you what is yours? And so I just want to even pray over you now. If you want to extend your hands like this, we, we love to just, an act of faith to receive every good thing that the Father has for us. But Father, we thank you that as we give to you, your promise will come. It's the Bikram, it's the first fruit. The promise to come is provision. So we declare today as we give to you, we don't trust in our money, God, we trust in you. We give you the first 10% because we don't fully understand how it's all gonna work out, but we're not the owner, you are. And we trust that you're gonna provide everything that we need. And so Holy Spirit, we welcome you now to do what only you can do as we trust you with finances. God, I thank you for the many stories that will be told of your faithfulness as we live out these biblical principles of giving generously and, and stewarding really, really well. Father, thank you for every gift that's given to you. May it do more than we can think, ask, or imagine. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And listen, you guys can give to the Lord anytime. This is the beauty of 2021, right? You can give to the Lord online. If you're watching online, you can give to him at any time by clicking the give button. You can give an offering here in the church. You can take your physical gifts back. We've got boxes at the back. But again, it's very little to do with your money and so much to do with your heart. And God wants to meet you right where you're at and partner with you, amen. Thank you for spending time with us today. You can find more content like this at vineyardlive.us. There you'll find conferences, training, and worship. You can check it out at vineyardlive.us.